feel like I keep chasing a dream that's just not in reach most days. And that could be because I'm surrounded with my two kids in the summertime and I'm sweating and I'm hot and I'm having hot flashes. Or like it's reality that it's like, why am I struggling to get there? And it's taken a whole lot to keep me from just saying, I'm out. Well, and I was just talking to someone last night who was sharing that she, it was like she, I was meeting her for the first time and she, the original context that I met her was she wants to be a speaker and, you know, and travel the country, the world. And then it was almost as if I realized she was having to justify to me why she hasn't done that yet. Mm. And I was like, wait a minute, you know, she's telling me, you know, my kids are of an age where I want to be home. And, and I said, well, yeah, priorities change, dreams change. And that's like, that's just life. And so whether it's you're chasing your dream and you feel like it's taking you longer than it should, like expert pro tip, like it's not taking you longer than you should. You are just putting that on yourself and having like making yourself feel that way. But it's like whether you're chasing something that is feeling like it should already be here mm. or you've paused chasing something or maybe you're chasing something different. Like this is all so real. I think so many women face this. I know I've, I hired a coach a few months ago because I had so many opportunities and I couldn't focus. I'm like, what is my dream? What do I want to be doing? Right. And like, yes, I still love my, my marketing agency. I love this podcast. I love all the things I'm doing, but where is that going and where do I want it to go? Right, right, right. This is going to be a, it's that never ending question. And we've got a good person to talk about uh, just going in and doing it. Absolutely. I can't wait to dive in. Let's do it. Think Tank of Three podcast starts now. to the podcast alongside my co-host Julie Holton. I am Rishi, a candidate Capasuris. Our third beautiful mind is Tracy Spaulding, a fresh face with big ideas and even better, big follow through. Tracy is a writer and producer right here where I live in Lansing, Michigan, Cold Box Films, a production company originally founded by her husband. While he didn't think twice about jumping in and going after his dream, Tracy wasn't quite ready at first to let go of her degree and perhaps other things she had in mind. She was figuring out what that dream was until she recalibrated her steps and took the leap. Tracy, we are so excited to have you here. Welcome to the show. Oh my gosh, guys. Thanks so much for having me. <laughs> Tracy, let's, let's get right into this because you both were, were quite young when you decided to, you know, let's just go for it. This adventure began in what? I think it was 2016 for you. Where, where did the confidence come from? I mean, honestly, I feel like everything that Cooper and I have done in our life has been a little bit unconventional. We, we started dating in high school. Um, we, we were just really good friends and had a very good relationship. I think we knew a year into dating that we wanted to get married, which is 
crazy if you think about two kids in high school. But for some reason, that didn't feel weird to us. So I actually graduated a year before him. So he still had like a year of school to finish up. And then the summer after he graduated, we got married and we were 20. And that's very young. And a lot of people kind of looked at us like, what are you guys doing? But um, I've always just believed that maturity isn't necessarily tied to someone's age. And we just took it very seriously. And we were so excited. And we also had just so much support from family, too, which was huge. Um, so I think two 20-year-olds getting married. I was going to school. Cooper jumped right into his business coming out of high school. So I think that in itself was a little bit unconventional. So the idea of following a path that didn't necessarily look one-to-one -one like my peers um, from the, from the get-go, I think really dictated sort of this confidence to just pursue something different. Um, you know, I, going into business together was something we were really conscious about because as a newly married couple, my gosh, you really want to like tie all of your finances, all of the, the ups and downs of running a business and put this on a brand new marriage. And so we were both, I think, a little hesitant at first. But what's great about Cooper and I is that we truly have different skill sets that come together in a really good way. We're just good at different things. And I think those strengths together is what has really helped grow the business. This idea of unconventional, I think, is really empowering in many ways. Like as I'm listening to you, I can relate in some ways. You know, my partner Dave and I recently launched an AI consultancy together. And, and it's funny because the other day he was introducing me to someone and they said, Oh, like, and who is this? And he's like, Oh, this is this is Julie. And, and they said, Well, who is she to you? And he says, Oh, she's my business partner. And then he's like, and we live together. And it was just like this moment where it's like, okay, words, Dave. Like, do you have words? Do you know who I am? And it was just really funny because I'm like, you inter and it was became a joke. Like, you introduced me as your business partner, like before life partner. Like, I can see what your priorities are. But, you know, the reality is not many partners can live together, have a family together, have, you know, that marriage, that partnership, and work together. And for some, like you, it really works because you have skill sets that, you know, and, and others, it's like, uh, you know, I have so many friends and, and other people that I've had in my life. Where I'm like, oh, no way would I be able to like live and work with you. Like, that's a lot of time to spend together. That's but no break. You're literally it's every aspect of your life is together. And usually like, you know, listen, my husband and I, I, I he's super supportive, which is awesome. We do different things, but he's really supportive. But I, you know, I, I, I get happy when I get my break from him. <laughs> I'm like, can you go away? Thanks. <laughs> so Tracy, I mean, take us through this process because I think for many people listening, like it's just really, it, it really is so unique to you and to your husband. But he, like you said, he went straight out of high school into pursuing his dream and you you went to college. So talk us through what what was the process you went through mentally, emotionally, where you took a little more time? Yeah. So, you know, when we had gotten married, I was finishing up school and I also had a writing internship at a small content marketing company. Um, and honestly, I was really I loved writing for her. I learned so much from her. Oh, my gosh. Just 
she shaped me so much as a professional and just taught me so much about marketing. It's truly like school is one thing, but to get hands-on experience is just so different. And so I had my heart set on carving out a full-time job with her. I mean, honestly, I wanted to be the Robin to her Batman. I just loved her business. I loved um, how she conducted herself, how much, how much passion she had for her clients. And so that was really the trajectory that I was working toward. Um, and honestly, I scored the a part of the reason I got the internship was because her and Cooper met at a networking event, him just being an 18 year old whippersnapper at this networking event. Um, they had met and he had actually done some video work for her. So he's the one that introduced me to her and, you know, I got that internship. And so um, but at the same time that I was doing that, Cooper was growing his business. We were also trying to figure out how to just kind of get by as this newly married couple. You know, I was interning with her, but I was also being a barista on the side. You know what I mean? Like we were just trying to make ends meet. And as his business grew and he was taking it more seriously, we just kind of looked at each other one day and he was like, I, I need you on this. I think maybe you guys can relate, but whenever your spouse is into something, you're they're talking to you about it. You're supporting them through it. So you're kind of there along for the journey anyway. So there was little projects that I was helping with and such. So we were sort of dipping our toe into that water. And it kind of just took Cooper to look at me and say, do you want to dive in head first together? And um, I think naturally it just segued into that direction. And we really just haven't looked back since. But I'd be lying. I mean, I remember putting in my two weeks at the coffee shop to, to do it with him full time. And my manager and good friend at the time looked at me and she goes, how do you like know that you're going to have enough money to pay your bills? And I was like, that's the question of the hour, my friend. You know, like luckily, like I knew it was going to be fine. But, you know, we just gosh, in those early days, we just lived tightly and we got by and we weren't above taking a weekend job if we needed to make ends meet just so we could. We just felt like we needed to give this a shot. We needed to pour into this business. And luckily, we had so much support around us to do that. And like I said, we just really haven't looked back since. And that's the question of entrepreneurship, though, too, right? I mean, not to get on my soapbox, but I will for just a quick moment. You know, so many people also feel that they're safe in their nine to five. Mm -hmm. And the reality is we don't know what's really going on in a business unless we're involved in those leadership decisions. We're in the C-suite. We're, you know, so oftentimes I think there's this sense of false security and mm -hmm. nothing against working a nine to five or not working for yourself. I think that's, that's perfect for many people. And for others though, taking that leap, you really take it into your own hands for better or worse, because like you said, you have to make ends meet, you have bills to pay, you have responsibilities, but also you can, in, in effect, take the cap off of your earning potential and and your freedom and flexibility and all the amazing things that come with entrepreneurship. It's also, I think, at that age, it's also that time. That's also that, for lack of a better example, the, quote, safest time to jump in and figure it out. Because let's face it, at that age, that young, you're supposed to be trying to figure it out. You don't know where you're going to be. You might have, you know, I used to be one of those young people who was like, oh, I totally know. I'm, you know, I remember saying, yeah, I'm going to have like six kids and I'm going to do this and I've got my business and I'm going to be a doctor. And, you know, and I had that all worked out at 16, at 16. And then, change, Rish? <laughs> and like the whole storyline just kind of blew up and went to whatever, because then you get to college. And then I realized, 
only two years later in college that, oh, wait, <laughs> 16 was just a couple of years ago and I'm now a freshman or a sophomore in college. And yet there is no possible way that I'm getting married right now. There is no possible way I'm starting a family right now. And now I'm in molecular biology. So the chance of being a doctor might have just slimmed up slightly. So I mean, it was, you know, so you're, you're at that age where you try these things out. If you've got a passion and you're locked in, great, go for it. If you don't know, you, you dab your toe and see and see what strikes you. So I think that you also have the wherewithal. You talked about how maturity doesn't necessarily come with age. I think your maturity was knowing and your husband was knowing this is the time to do this. If we want to try this, if we want to make this work, then let's make this work. Absolutely. And I think there's kind of two big things. I think first, not enough people take a step back and say, okay, this is conventionally what my peers would do or what maybe culture deems safe or whatnot, but what, what works for me and what really fuels me and ignites my passion and what can that look like for me individually and really being able to step into the space of like embracing that. And that's hard. Being countercultural is hard. You know, you're worried about what are other people going to say? What are other people going to think? And then you also have your own fears as well. But I think the second part of that is, um, I, and maybe this is just, I, I probably just, I attribute this a lot to how I was raised. We both just had amazing parents that poured into us really well, but I always felt like I am capable if something goes wrong. And if it all blows up in our face, we can go get jobs. It will be, you know what I mean? Like if you follow that fear to the, to the end of itself, mm. you can always pivot. You know, and even if 20 is the is a great time to take risk, 30, 40, 50 is also a great time too. Yes, you have more infrastructure and there's more at stake, but you're strong and you're capable. You got to where you are at this point. So why not just step into that place? And if you need to pivot, gosh, we all lived through a pandemic. We know mm. it looks like you know so i think so and so much of that is looking back and remembering the times in your life that you did pivot that maybe something didn't materialize exactly to your plans i love to make plans my life has not always worked out according to my plans and for more for the most part thank goodness for that so i think just knowing you are capable it is okay even if things change you can change with them i think that's a huge part of it too what is that motto, Julie? Um, we plan and God laughs or something like that. <laughs> you, uh, your company has a motto. Let's disrupt, inspire, and create impact together. I, I think that's amazing. Where, where does that come from? What's behind that? I think, you know, we, we tell stories for a living. So many production companies say that, and it sounds really cliche, but I, we just believe that telling really great stories is the most amazing way for brands to connect with their audience in a deeper, more impactful way. We live in this world of just completely, we get information all the time. Our news feeds are oversaturated with content. And so we believe that creating thoughtful video content anchored around a great story that is beautiful, 
that is memorable is the best way to move companies forward. So I think that word disrupt, you know, attributes to the kind of stories that we're going to tell. We're going to try to think of something different. We're going to try to think of something that has meaning. We're going to try to give depth to it. Um, and then, of course, that inspires action. And I think ultimately brands want to know what's going to feed the bottom line. Um, so we're here to come alongside and figure out how do we how do we take a message that you want to deliver to the world and do it in the most powerful way. So I think that's where that kind of comes from. So beautifully said. You are speaking my language. Like that is exactly what we do at M Connections. And so I love that you take the heart. Like I can see your passion and that passion, how it translates into the work that you and your husband and your team do for your clients. It's incredible. Also, at the same time, Rish and I also know, as you know, Tracy, that the production industry is very male dominated. And that's not a, a bad thing. It's just a thing that as women, we have to deal with and we have to figure out how we fit and how we maneuver. And, uh, you know, Rish coming from ESPN, where she was an anchor, I was in the production world of TV news. I've, you know, got a few Emmys um, from that experience. And we've talked about it many times on this show, what it's like being a woman, especially a woman who has dreams, has goals, has the know-how and the, the capability and the confidence to get things done while also maneuvering the male-dominated field. So what has this been like for you? Also because the business world in general is also very male-dominated. So whether it's within your industry or with clients, you know, how has this presented itself to you? You know, one of the unique things about working in video production is we have a small full-time team. That's myself, my husband, and I, my very good friend and our editor, who's absolutely brilliant, um, Alex. He kind of serves as an editor and producer. He and Cooper actually go way back. They went to like youth group together back in middle school. So we still crack up at like, how did these two little middle school whippersnappers know that they were going to work together one day? But we have our small full-time team. And then we also have this very wide network of um, technically subcontractors, but these are crew members that are full-time in what they do. And um, they also work on our sets. And, you know, we've, some of them we've been working with for almost 10 years. And so I, I deeply respect those relationships. And what I found in this space is that so many of these individuals, both men and women, um, have a lot of respect for me. And so I, I have had a very positive experience in the industry and I've also met some really badass women who are doing amazing things in this industry as well. I think the industry is ready for that perspective. Um, I am pleased to see, I mean, even with movies like Barbie coming out and, and those types of things, women do amazing work and they're so needed in this industry and as are men. And so, you know, it, I, I really value the relationships I've built and the, the, how those people have also treated me and very much valued my skill set. I mean, even going back to just me and my husband running this business, um, you know, this, this was his dream. This was his baby. And there have been small moments that I've been like, is this like, well, I, cause I also, I'm the kind of person that could picture myself doing 15 things and being 
awesome and loving those things, right? Well, the same problem. That's, that's Julie. I was about to say that <laughs> is Julie through and through. Things, so. <laughs> so I've always wondered, like, you know, is this what I want to be doing? Am I always going to do this, or am I going to be able to do what I, you know, something of my passion too? And what I and the answer to that is yes, in in due time. And there's and there's a lot of times that I do get to do that now. But um, but what I've loved is that Cooper said, I wouldn't want to run this business without you. And I think that's like he values me so much, values my skills and my opinion, and sees how much of a part of this business that I am, that it's truly feels like it's 50-50 most days, you know. So that also makes me feel really good that he sees me in such high regard and I him as well. I think that's beautiful, especially, you know, your business partnership, your relationship, your life partnership. But I know I can only assume that it's not always amazing all the time, not just with your husband, but just in general, right? Because like you mentioned, the pandemic, like life throws us curveballs. So what have been some of those challenges for you in business and 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 perhaps what has helped you to overcome those challenges? Absolutely. I mean, I, if there's one thing I've learned, success is just so not linear. It There's a lot of, it's kind of like a roller coaster. You're riding the ups and downs. So, you know, for us, we have always chased very careful, slow, steady growth. I think we are weary of, it's really easy in this industry to over leverage yourself. Gear is very expensive and there's a lot of areas to invest your money and you can kind of get your head underwater very quickly. And so we've try to just be very conscious of where, how we're managing our money, where that's going. And also when is the right time to bring on a full-time employee? When is the right time to lease out a studio space, uh, bring on another employee and, and et cetera, et cetera. And so those things have always been heavy burdens. Um, just making those decisions. But, and also, you know, I didn't, we're so young. This is our first time doing this. It's not like it's the second business and we have all this experience. And so for us, what has been so valuable um, is leaning on a network of people that have walked before us. Um, I can't stress that enough. Like they say it takes a village to raise a family and boy, it does it take a village to raise a business too. We are very fortunate that both of our parents come from entrepreneurial backgrounds. His Cooper's father has been running a business for a very long time. So seeking out that wisdom and leaning into that has been so key. But um, the pandemic was a big one for us. Mm -hmm. I mean, honestly, I, you know, going into 2020, we were having the best, much like everybody, we were having the best quarter we had probably ever had in the history of our company. I had this full pipeline of all this beautiful work. And in the matter of, I kid you not, like two days, uh, it completely dried up and we had just hired Alex, our first full-time employee. So he'd only been working for a couple months and then he had to work from home. So you're looking at, okay, our expenses are higher than they've ever been. Uh, we don't have any work in the foreseeable future. What are we going to do? Mm -hmm. Um, and, and those it's challenging and it's me, you know, being with my partner, it's like, you're sitting on the couch and you're in tears because you're like, we are responsible for someone else. I'm, you know, and we need to follow through on that. Thank goodness. Again, with wisdom council, we had, we had a cushion, you know? Oh, also we applied for PPP and got it rejected the first round. And right. we're just like, what? I mean, 
you're taking it day by day, but you're like, what are we going to do? We got approved for it on the second round. But like, you know, it's, it's the same with like, you know, if you're, you're exhausting all of your resources into marketing and maybe you are bidding out jobs, but you're not winning the jobs or there would be jobs that we'd win. And then for literally no good purpose would move in a different direction. And then, okay, you're counting on that work, but now what are you going to do? So I think something we've always leaned on is like, we, we are people of faith and we've leaned into that. Like, okay, all we are meant to do is show up and put our best foot forward. And we have to trust that God's going to provide at the end of the day. And luckily he has, and it's always been enough, you know? So I'm, I'm very thankful for that. And in those moments, I'm thankful that ultimately I'm not the one in the driver's seat and thank God for that. (laughs) I think also that you had mentioned earlier how he he's basically like the yin to your yang. And I think that that's where that also falls in line. You, a lot of people through no fault of their own, when that pandemic hit, they couldn't keep it afloat for mm-hmm. whatever various reasons. The, the thought, the fact that you both had the wherewithal to walk through it, figure it out, stay with it and hold on tight to come out on the other side, again, speaks to that early maturity that you already discussed, the fact that you did have, and and that that is a privilege to have individuals to lean on, that not everybody has those opportunities, but the fact that you had those people to talk to, to get that counseling from, and to listen, to seek it out and listen, and not just say, we're going to figure this out on our own, we can do this. No, you said, you know what, we have people that have been through stuff, why don't we talk to them and get their advice, get their counsel and see what bits and pieces that we can take from them to help benefit us. And I think that that is the other just a, just really smart and amazing thing, because not everybody will necessarily do that because they're so big on I'm going to do it by myself and I don't need anybody's help. Not recognizing that everybody, somebody, everybody needs somebody's help in some way, shape or form. And I think that's amazing. I also think what's amazing is you guys were doing all this company pandemic coming out of pandemic and expanding your family oh, yeah. through the adoption process, which that in and of itself, I can only imagine is, is got its own sets of, of stress. Um, how were you and your husband able to maintain your sanity with the work with the family expansion and and keeping it all together and now on the other side of it. I don't I don't know if we did every day. <laughs> if I'm being totally honest with you. You know, I, starting our family is one of those things that um I had a very clear plan in my head of what that was going to look like for Cooper and I. We were going to be married for two years and then we were going to start pumping out children. And when we started trying that just did that just did not materialize. We did a bunch of fertility testing and, you know, our doctors looked at us and said, you are the poster children for healthy people who have babies. And we're like, okay, well, it's been like two years. And like, what are you talking about? And it was another one of those things where I had to take a step back and say, okay, how, you know, this obviously isn't going to happen in the same conventional way that I thought it was going to happen. So what, where's God pointing us and how does he want us to grow our family? And that's what we leaned into in pursuing adoption. I just felt clear as day. He say, you know, Tracy, there is a baby, 
but it just might not come from you. And I think I'm going to use you in a different way. And that's, that's scary in itself and, and uh, not to mention extremely expensive and just all the emotions that go into it. So when we started that process, um, you know, it, in a work day, just to give you a little insight of what that looks like when you are active on the network, which basically means that you're eligible to be matched with a birth mother. Um, you get an email from your agency when there is a birth mother that is considering families and you just get that email out of the blue and you get a little bit of information, but you basically get to um, read that information and you say, yes, she can consider our family or nope, this isn't the right case for us. We wish her all the best. Um, but you know, the, the due dates are, they could be tomorrow. They could be three months from now. Like it's, it really is an email that kind of rocks you. But at the same time, even if you say yes, she's considering your family amongst 40 other amazing families that would be amazing for this child. And then you just have to wait and figure out, did she choose you? Did she not choose you? So we would get these emails in the middle of a work day. And it's like, it just kind of destabilizes you. And it's like, okay, wait, we have to switch into, let's talk about this monumental thing that could change our entire lives and decide if we even want to put our name in the hat. And then just the waiting in between. Um, and so funny enough, when that phone call came around, we were on set, we were filming at a hospital. I had, you know, we'd been waiting to hear back about this situation and we're filming at Sparrow. And do you know how they play the little jingle over the intercom, like when a baby's born and they had said, oh, a baby girl had just been born. And um, I was thinking about the baby on the paperwork, you know, that was also a girl. And I'm like, man, I wonder if our baby is going to be born soon or, you know, whatever. And I've always heard if you get an email, it probably means they went with someone else. If you get a phone call, that's that's a good thing. And so we're in the middle of filming a scene and my phone lights up with a phone number that I didn't have saved because it was the weekend and I don't think it was my normal caseworker. And so it goes to voicemail and I'm reading the voicemail transcription and I'm just looked over at my coworker and I was like, I think we just got a baby. I think great. <laughs> and I just like left the scene. And I didn't realize that they had also called Cooper too. And so he gets a call and he's looking around. He's like, where is Tracy? I'm like, nowhere to be found. I'm on the phone in the other room. And I'm just like, she's like, can you like just clear your schedule for the day? And I'm looking around at all this production equipment, like, um, Sure? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I don't mean to go on and on, but it's cut. We're out. We're out. <laughs> oh Goosebumps! What an amazing story. Oh my gosh! So did you clear your? Did you clear your day? Keep well, <laughs> funny enough, like the way that works is you, you know, when when it comes to the birth, birth mom is totally in control. She right. she you know lets you know when she's ready for you to come to the hospital. And so you know we were able to finish out that filming day, and we were waiting just for her to tell us when she was ready. So we actually didn't go until the next day. But like, what a whirlwind that was. And literally, we didn't expect that baby to be due for a couple weeks. So the fact that we got a call and the call was like, oh, also, she's in labor right now. Uh, <laughs> was just like, what? Like, that's just crazy. So it's, it's a very whirlwind experience. I'm so thankful for our team who 
was just kind of there for us through that and was there for, hey, Tr Tracy's going to go on maternity leave. We don't know when that's going to be. And when it happens, it's going to be fast. So let's just be as prepared as we can be. And they were just along for the ride and supportive. And I'm just so grateful for that. What a beautiful story. Right? And I'm like all so like happy ways. and tingly. And I know. And and Tracy, <laughs> I, I have so much um, respect for how you even talk about navigating all of these changes in life. I mean, some of these things you describe it as unconventional and some of these things you chose um, to kind of go against societal norms, which is awesome and empowering and amazing. And some of these things you did not choose. And yet you and your husband were able to get your mind wrapped around it with your faith, with your, with your confidence, with your mindset, with each other to really embrace the changes that life has brought you. And I think there are so many beautiful lessons in that for all of us. I know I'm at a place in my life um, and in my journey that um, it's, it's, I'm finding that as my mindset changes about some of these opportunities and some of these, like, like even in fact, choosing to call them opportunities instead of challenges is, is a shift, but I'm finding that as my mindset changes, it's actually really empowering and exciting at when you start to explore the things that you didn't plan for your life mm -hmm. and what those things could look like and, and things that you never thought were for you. And all of a sudden it's like, well, wait a minute, anything can be for me. Now, maybe some things we don't get to choose, but for instance, when you were, when you were young and you were planning that you would have, you would birth your own children, you didn't even think about, I would imagine how amazing it would be to adopt someone else's child and to bring that child into your loving home and to give that child, you know, the life with, with you and your husband as parents that otherwise wouldn't have, I mean, that wasn't part of your original dream, but now that you have that, you can see how amazing it is and how beautiful and miraculous in so many different and unique ways. And so I just think this whole journey that you've been on and continue to go on, I can't wait to hear more of your story as mm -hmm. it unfolds, because so much of this is true for so many people even listening that life does not go as we expect or as we plan. And yet it's how we approach those changes that really make all the difference. So if you, you know, if you had one kind of learning or outcome from this journey into motherhood, what, what would you share with maybe another woman or another couple, another family that is also maybe at the beginning stages of navigating something similar? Oh my gosh. Um, I, I would say first, I so deeply empathize with people who walk through this because you want such a good and beautiful thing. And, um, and, and for no reason or another, it doesn't go the way that you thought. And so I would first say like, I see you and I'm so with you. And I know that that can be such a lonely road to walk, but um, reach out and embrace other people because it just makes such a huge difference. But I would also say the joy and the hard coexist. Um, I think we all have this idea of like, if I just get everything I want, then I will be happy. I will be satisfied. And your redemption will come and it'll be just so sweet and glorious, whatever that will look like. But um, as you move forward, it's like there are 
you're going to feel immense joy and you're going to feel immense hard and that, and that's okay. And that that's normal. Um, I, even now, you know, thinking about growing our family in the future, there's uncertainty with that. And there's still like a grieving process with that. And it's okay that those two things coexist. It doesn't make you any less grateful or even present in where you are today, but it's just a part of this human experience. I had lunch with two of my really good um, friends yesterday, including my old boss from the internship, because we're still really good friends. Um, and as I'm looking at these two women, both of them have really great things going on in life that are so wonderful and to be thankful for. And they also have their own struggles that they're going through too. And that is just our journey as individuals and as women. And it's so important that we support each other, but it's also just so important to know that that's okay. I think as women, we put a lot of responsibility on ourselves to be happy and perfect. And we think if there's any sort of flaw or struggle, it means that we're less than, oh my gosh, it just so doesn't. And we're going to experience that in different waves at different stages in our life. And that is okay. And it's beautiful. And that sense of refinement and growth that comes with that is absolutely priceless. Um, but it deserves to be heard and recognized too. Tracy, it has been wonderful chatting with you. This has been so much fun for us and we're, we're just about done. But before we go, um, we do have our rapid fire questions for you and to, to go along with, uh, with your story. So quick to the point, are you ready? I'm so ready. <laughs> All right. Um, what is one piece of advice you would give to aspiring women leaders? Oh, I would say, um, I've said it quite a few times, but surround yourself with women who have walked before you, with individuals that you trust and you can be real and raw with. It's the number of times in the early days of my business that I picked up the phone to call someone about any one question, this client on this contract, or what should I do about this? Those things are just absolutely priceless and so valuable when you're growing a business. So arm yourself with a great community and keep those people around you, people that inspire you, that um, you know have businesses that are like the businesses you wanna run or are doing the things that you wanna be doing. Um, definitely have your community, you'll lean on it a lot. Yes, that is exactly why we created this podcast to build a community like that. Okay, next question. Something fun, inspirational. What book, quote, or resource has had a significant impact on your journey? Um, so I'm a writer. I uh, communication is my thing. I think it's so powerful in the way that we communicate about ourselves. So this might not be the most inspiring thing, but I think it's empowering. I absolutely love Building a Story Brand by Donald Miller. If you haven't heard of it, I would absolutely encourage you to look into it. Um, it is a complete framework for how to use the power of story to communicate about your business. And I just think communication is, probably the most important skill that we can have as leaders, as business owners, as professionals. And so if you haven't looked into it, I absolutely would. It changed everything about how I talk about my business, write about my business, and even help my clients. I can tell that because the energy that you exude just discussing that and then being in a communications field, listen, bottom line, no matter what you're doing in life, you have to be able to communicate and communicate it well, especially if you do want to succeed, you have to be able to communicate that out. If you could go back in time 
and give your younger self one piece of advice, what would it be? Uh, I, I feel like I've almost said it before too. If something doesn't work out the way that you want it to, that might be for the best, that's okay. The ebbs and flows of life and business are totally normal and you're gonna experience that a lot and it's something to be overcome. And the growth and refinement that you will experience in those seasons is going to shape you as an individual and you are gonna be eternally grateful that it didn't work out the way that you wanted it to. I think you just said go with the flow, Tracy. I think so, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it has been a pleasure. Thank you so much for taking the time to be with us on this podcast, for sharing your story. It has it's been it's been so much fun and adventurous and oddly like this really kind of, I don't know, Julie, it felt like like this little emotional roller coaster of, oh my gosh, they're doing this, they're doing this. And then we get to the game, oh my gosh, they're doing the adoption. <laughs> like, I feel I like I, was... I want to see how the movie continues to unfold. Right? <laughs> like, checking in, let us know how it's going. I feel like we got such a beautiful look at your life and I just love your mindset and, and the words of wisdom that you've shared. I have no doubt that it is going to help women who are hearing this right now, who are, re who, you know, who can relate to different parts of your journey. It's, um, you know, I, I know it hasn't all been like you, like you described, you know, there's pain and, and there's hardship and there's also joy that coexists and what you are just such a beautiful example of that. So thank you for being on the show today and sharing your story. Oh my gosh. You guys are so sweet. I just, I so appreciate you having me on and just engaging in the conversation. Awesome. Well, that will do it for this episode of Think Tank of Three. But before you click away, please remember to hit that subscribe button. We definitely want to have you a part of our audience. Thanks so much. And we'll see you next week.